Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Nirmal Malaikul. Last week, EPA science advisors said the agency should strengthen its air quality standard for fine particulate matter. That matter is basically a mixture of solid particles like soot, dust, or dirt, and liquid droplets. It's inhalable and has some pretty serious consequences for your health. Meaning, strengthening this standard could really improve public health across the country. But at the same time, businesses that emit this matter could lose a lot of money by having to meet a tougher standard, leaving EPA Administrator Michael Regan with a difficult choice. This really sets up Administrator Regan to strengthen the standard by some amount. It's not clear how much. In terms of environmental impact, it'll probably be one of the most important regulations he works on. Today, Politico's Alex Guillen on the push to strengthen EPA's soot standard. It's Tuesday, February 8th. So Alex, where does particulate matter come from? And remind us, why is it so bad? So particulate matter is kind of a wide class of pollutants, but it refers to any kind of little particles in the atmosphere. It's often referred to as soot, but soot is not the only type of particulate Oftentimes you can't even see it in the air, it's so small, floating around. And the health issue is that when breathed in, it can go into the lungs, go into the bloodstream, go into other organs, and it causes sort of a wide variety of health issues, a lot of them related to respiratory and cardiovascular issues. It's definitely one of the major pollutants in America in the conventional sense of pollutant, and it's a major public health issue. So last week, EPA's Scientific Advisory Board recommended strengthening the national air quality standard for particulate matter. What does that exactly mean for the average person? So if EPA goes through with this and does decide to strengthen the standard, what that will ultimately mean is probably a number of states, particularly in urban areas, are probably going to have to do something to reduce particulate pollution. So particulates come from a number of sources. The big one that we talk about a lot, obviously, is the burning of fossil fuels in power plants uh, or in cars and trucks. And it can come from other sources like construction and demolition. And it can come from natural sources like wildfires. And it can come from other natural sources as well. And so um, what that could mean is power plants and Anyone else who burns a lot of fossil fuels might be required to install greater pollution controls or otherwise change their operations. So for the average person, you're probably not going to see that as something that you have to personally be handling unless you happen to run a power plant or something. But it has pretty enormous consequences in terms of economics because pollution controls can cost hundreds of millions, even billions of dollars over an entire industry. So significant investments and The other thing is it could also make it harder to start new businesses that might be burning fossil fuel or that would otherwise emit particulates if an area is sort of close to whatever the limit is that would potentially restrict that kind of activity. So that's why you often see the business community lobbying against tightening these sort of standards. And when was the last time this standard was updated? It was last updated in 2013 by the Obama administration. They set a few different standards. So they set a new annual standard that just provides general protection 
and a 24-hour standard that sets protections against short-term spikes. The Trump administration in late 2020 ultimately concluded that there was no cause to update or strengthen the standard, and so they left the 2013 standard as is in place. When Administrator Regan came in last year, he made the decision to reconsider that, and that's triggered this new review process that we're right in right now. And you mentioned earlier some of the economic consequences of strengthening this standard, but what sort of public health benefits would it actually provide? Yeah, so it would reduce a number of health ailments and in some cases, premature deaths, often around the nation. This is a large part of what the board, the Clean Air Scientific Advisory Committee, is looking at. So the idea when Congress wrote this was that by requiring EPA to look at the latest science and to review it every now and then, as we learn more about what these pollutants do to human health, we would be able to set the standard appropriately. That's what KSAC has been doing here. They've been reviewing the science put together by EPA experts and collated, of course, from research conducted by people around the U.S. and around the world. And their conclusion was it does seem there are health benefits at lower levels. In this draft document, which, of course, is subject to revision, the KSAC did sort of split a little bit on exactly what range they think would be appropriate. The the current standard is 12. Majority of the panel said they think that an 8 to 10 microgram range would be more appropriate. That is the recommendation in this draft report. And I will again just note that could change as they finalize it. Also, Richard Duke is taking over the State Department's Deputy Climate Envoy position under John Kerry. That's what a department spokesperson told Politico on Monday. Duke will be replacing Jonathan Pershing, who left this month as Kerry's second-in-command, working alongside Sue Binias. Duke is currently on Kerry's staff as a senior director and White House liaison. Before joining the Biden administration, Duke served in several roles during the Obama administration, including Deputy Assistant Secretary for Climate Policy at the Energy Department and Deputy Director of Energy and Climate at the White House. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Nirmal Malaykul, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron's El Segundo refinery is looking to turn plant-based oil into renewable gasoline, jet, and diesel fuels, because it's only human to want to power a better future. Learn more at chevron.com slash lowercarbon.